All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. And welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, uh, CW2 type helicopter pilot in Vietnam, 1969. Hey, we want to welcome you to our program today. And first of all, I want to start off by thanking everybody who came out last week to support uh, Radio on the River. Um, even though it's a downpour in the middle of our event, but, uh, we made up some pretty good uh, money and people had a good time out there. And we want to thank all of you that contributed to the, uh, the success of our first, very, very, very first, uh, official fundraiser. And, uh, we're going to try and do it again next year. But, uh, again, I wanted to make sure that we thanked everybody that, that did that, especially our board, um, of directors uh, for Veterans Radio America. We couldn't do it without them at all. And uh, they really worked hard. And it was great, great fun to be around them, met some new people, and that'll probably end up being on the program in the next couple of months. So thanks very much for uh, supporting Veterans Radio. And if you want to continue to support Veterans Radio, you can go to veteransradio.net and click up in that little corner where it says support Veterans Radio. We would appreciate anything that we can get from you. Actually, this portion of the program is being brought to you by the National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC. So it's the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, you can go to their website. That's nvbdc.org or give them a call at 888-237-8433. We're going to get right into our program today because, um, as I mentioned, you know, last week at our fundraiser, we got to talking about veterans helping veterans. And I, you know, I'd come up with this clever idea and I said, Oh, let's, I think I'll do a program about that. So I reached out across the country and came up with four different organizations that are run by veterans for veterans. And the first one is the Central Coast Veterans Helping Veterans Organization of San Luis Obispo. I know I'm butchering that. San Luis Obispo <laughs> County out in California. And joining me on the line right now is retired Colonel Bill Cruz. Bill, welcome to Veterans Radio. Well, thank you, Dale. All right. So tell me all about the uh, Central Coast Veterans Helping Veterans. It's kind of a an interesting name and a great concept. Well, Dale, the first thing is <clears throat> three words is too long a name. And so people hear in the Central Coast, just say slow. Slow. And in many respects, that's very appropriate for this area. So we're halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles on on the coast of California. And just to give you a perspective of uh, what's going on here in in Slow County, there's a population of 283,000. 17,118 are veterans, so 6% of the total population. And uh, of our veteran population, 67% are Vietnam era or older, which then gets us uh, you know, more than 64% are retirement age of 65. Only 7% of our veteran population are females. Unemployment runs about 5%. are in some kind of disability versus 11% for the general population. And 
I have to put a plug in too. There's two primary veterans organizations in the county. One is ours and the other is the um, Slow Veteran Services Collaborative, which brings together 150 different organizations that provide services for veterans. So it's basically a clearinghouse for a vet. They need any help. Uh, we can get that through the collaborative. But the Central Coast Veterans Helping Veterans was founded in 2013 in conjunction with the establishment of the Veterans Treatment Court. And the judge at the time, Judge Tice, is a retired, oh, excuse me, Air Force veteran. The district attorney, Dan Dow, uh, is active in the California National Guard, is Lieutenant Colonel Jag type. And then the third part was uh, Pete Pepper, who was concerned with the veteran population themselves. So the three of them basically created the Veterans Treatment Court. And then under the leadership of Pete Pepper, the Central Coast Veterans Helping Veterans was formed. The purpose then was to provide mentors for the people in the treatment court program. Uh, just why, why do we have Veterans Treatment Court? There has to be a nexus between the veteran's service and the crime that was committed. Normally, it's PTSD is the most likely one, or alcohol or drug addiction. And uh, if you look at the population as in general, uh, somebody that's incarcerated is probably going to have a 85 to 90 percent recidivism, which means the likelihood of getting in trouble with the criminal justice system and being incarcerated. Yeah, it's the <clears> second <throat> time, right? Yeah, you don't want be, I said that would be for a second time. You don't want them to go back. And I know that's that's one of the reasons that the court that the veterans court was set up. Right? Yes. And uh so the the rate for graduates of the court drops down to around fifteen percent. So, you know, the people are rehabilitated when they most likely would not be rehabilitated. They just served time in jail and went out. Uh, and, you know, the cost to the community goes down. Right. So it's, it's a, a good program. And the way it works is really what we have is two components of the Veterans Treatment Court. <clears throat> One is for a military diversion, which is generally for first, second time DUIs. And that's a now in this county, a one-year program. They have to have some counseling and they have to take certain courses depending on the problem, like uh, participate in AA would be one thing. And that's, as I said, a year. Uh, the Veterans Treatment Court, it's for the more serious. We do not take in any sex-related crimes or murder. But <clears throat> on petition, we uh, have been pretty liberal and we've taken in 
once the person is accepted, um, they then have a two-year program. The first six to nine months is pretty much a full-time job, going to treatment, counseling. And uh, the treatment, we meet uh, twice a month in court, and they, they would appear. Uh, the treatment team consists of the judge, behavioral health, the veteran outreach, which is really runs outreach programs uh, for recreation for veterans. So once a month, they'll have an event. It might be deep sea fishing, for example. Uh, <clears throat> then we have the veteran service office, which validates that the person has military service before they can come into the court system. Also, the Veteran Service Office processes claims. So we find a lot of people who have not applied for benefits uh, that they're entitled to. So it's helping out in that way. Uh, probation, the district attorney, uh, Veterans Administration, and that's to make sure, bust down walls to get treatment for the vets that we have in the program. So if they have a problem with getting treatment, and particularly in this area, we have the uh, uh, mileage consideration because we're 200 miles from L.A. in San Francisco. So, you know, that means they're entitled under the Mission Act to go to local providers and the VA will pay for it. Okay. Well, Sometimes. The, yeah, well the idea is to get these people from treatment and so forth. And you, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you had other programs in addition to the Veterans Court program, because, um, you know, to help these these men and women out, because you have, you know, as you mentioned, they get out and they have to go to these um, weekly classes, I guess is what you call them, but they have to, some of them have to pay for them. Yes. And they have no money. So, you you know, you've been providing them with the, the funding to take these classes and also you're, you're helping them uh, with housing and uh, food, correct? That's correct. And, and that came about through the Veterans Treatment Court program. And we saw people that would get out of jail. You know, they've lost their job. Uh, they've, prob- they've lost their driver's license. And they have to go to these programs, which pretty much restricts them from uh, gainful employment for nine months or so. So the first thing that came up, and actually before this, was... Um, being veterans who needed home care services. And once they need the service, they can apply for aid and attendance through the VA, but it takes six months to process that. So we got into providing, paying for home health care services to tide the people through until the VA money started flowing. Then we got into... Other things like providing grants and loans to pay for the courses that the veterans in the program have to take. Uh, <clears throat> that's included purchasing vehicles, paying for courses, providing other transportation like bus passes. There's, we've got a, all of Slow County is rural with the exception of the city of San Luis Obispo which is 45,000. So, you know, not big urban areas. 
Also, uh, home services like home repairs, uh, building wheelchair ramps, uh, painting houses, and uh, most recently, as the pandemic has wound down, landlords are inspecting veterans' apartments, <clears throat> particularly in the subsidized ones, and have found hoarding and have served eviction notices on our veterans. And we've arranged with uh, a local company to clear out the debris, would be a bit good, good word, uh, so that they can pass the uh, facility owner's inspection and, and remain in their homes. We also have some lesser programs like a veteran's visitation for homebound veterans can't get out. And we have people go visit them and take them gift baskets so they, they have some social interaction and their restriction is not, uh, you know, all-consuming. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like you're doing just a great job out there in California to help out the, the veteran community, especially the veteran community that's gotten themselves into a little trouble. And, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you talked about the sort of the founding of the veteran court system, you know, occurring in New York, uh, in, outside, in Buffalo, right? Isn't that yes, it? Buffalo. Yeah, so if you could, uh, if you could just briefly tell us a little bit of history of the veteran court system, I thought that our audience would really kind of enjoy that. Well, I can't remember the date because, you know, at my age, dates just <laughs> disappear. Uh, but it was very interesting is that, uh, the veterans treatment courts are normally at the uh, county level. There may be city. And so, we're a bit different from the one in Santa Barbara and a bit different from the one in Monterey. But the first Veterans Treatment Court was found in Buffalo, and I think it was Judge Reynolds founded it. And it really was based on the concept of uh, the veterans served the country. At one time, they all wrote a blank check to America. Right. And some were cashed uh, completely, and some were cashed partially. But a lot of the veterans who served uh, had some experiences that uh, damaged them. And what we look for is a nexus between their service and the crime. And what we generally find is it's a very high uh, correlation of, yes, these things happen to them in the service, and it does translate to impairment, which translates to uh, criminal justice involvement. Right. So, so if the crime, if, they, if, they, if, you, if there was a connection between whatever they had done and their service, then that was something that you were, you know, that the courts started to look at. Yeah, so looking at that and saying, and this is the concept that uh, because of their service, something happened that led them to get into trouble. And the interesting part with Judge Reynolds is he was a little bit of a maverick in going out on a limb and making the court separate from the normal court. Now, the people, the participants in the program will have been convicted 
in a regular uh, county or state level court. Then they come into the program and as if they graduate successfully from the program, then their record is expunged and they can go to say, you know, if they're asked on a job application, have you ever been convicted of crime? Their answer will be no. That's good news. And so, you know, they're, they're starting out with a clean sheet. So with uh, Judge Reynolds, as he went along, it wasn't the program he was running was not popular with the Judiciary Commission in New York. So uh, he was brought up on charges. And I think he was to appear on a Thursday or a Friday. And two days before his scheduled appearance, the Wall Street Journal ran an article about Judge Reynolds' Veterans Court and how that was reducing recidivism uh, and the benefits to the community, the benefits to individuals. So the charges were dropped, and uh, now it's probably close to 20 years later uh, that Buffalo Court is still successful, and it's really been the model for the courts around the U.S., yeah, I, I I agree. I wanted to uh, wanted to thank you, Bill, very much for being on our program. And uh, again, the organization out there is the Central Coast Veterans Helping Veterans. Um, but the email, but the if you guys want to look for more information, it is uh, the website is ccvhv.org. Ccvhv dot org, and there's all kinds of really great information out there, and especially there might be some organizations that want to you know, model on what you've been doing, Bill. And we, uh, again, we greatly appreciate what you have done. Thank you. Be glad to share anything we have. Okay. Thank you very much, Bill. All right. We're going to move right along into our, our next interview. And uh, this is an, a kind of an interesting program that is out there. And it is called uh, For the 22.life. And this is a local program in Michigan. It's out in Kalamazoo. And joining me on the line right now is uh, Josh Flath. And Josh is the founder of For the 22. Josh, welcome to Veterans Radio. Hey, Dale. Thanks for having me on, man. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, so tell me all about this For the 22. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of symbolism in there. Uh, there is. Uh, we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide. Um and being able to put a name and a face with those statistics, man, really hit home. Um, I was in the Navy myself, six of my buddies. Uh, we lost suicide in the process. And looking at that, it's like, how can we make an impact? How can we help that aspect? And for me, it was having a passion, having something that I loved. And I was being on the water, stand-up paddling, surfing, uh, being in the waves. Just There's something to do with, like, blue water therapy. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And... We really focus on sharing that with our veterans and first responders, those who've served this great country. Um, it's been a ride, man. Um, we started with the idea of let's paddle up the coastline. Um, we did seven days up the coastline of Lake Michigan to Traverse City from South Haven. And then from that point, we met a bunch of amazing people. Um, They're like, hey, why don't you just get a bunch of paddle boards and start taking veterans out? And that's really how 422 formed. Um, it's really grown beyond anything I could have ever dreamed, and the impact has been Incredible. Um, last couple of years, we've been able to give away several paddle boards. Uh, one went to an Army veteran, one to a Kent County Sheriff's officer, and then this year we gave one to a Marine Corps veteran. Um, 
just been incredible seeing the impact it makes, man. And uh, over the years, we've got almost a thousand veterans on the water. Wow, so, that's really more than I thought you would. I'm, I, I, my audience, I want them to know your your home base is in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, correctly? That's correct. correct. <laughs> and uh, so, so you you use a lot of local local lakes out there, correct? We do. There's a lot in the lakes. We're very blessed here in Michigan. We have lots of lakes out there. Lots of lakes. It's <laughs> it's beautiful. People don't <laughs> seem to understand how beautiful Michigan can can be as far as water is concerned. But what I wanted to I wanted to you do a lot of other things too. I mean, it's not just trying to get paddleboard. I'm I'm thinking of um, you, <laughs> your your motto is bringing balance to life. And I was thinking about some of the older veterans that I know, myself included, probably, that working on a paddleboard might be a little bit difficult. Um, so do you, do you do kayaking and things with veterans as well? Uh, we do. Um, so we've partnered with some organizations that have had paddleboards. Um, we just have the paddleboards ourselves. Um, but the kayaks and stuff we'll partner with different organizations um, for. Um, we have worked with several different organizations with, like, land-based activities as well. Um, we've done quite a few events with the Battle Creek VAs. Um, those have been really incredible, too. And another beautiful thing with stand-up paddling is you don't have to stand up. Um, we've had a lot of people on the boards. You can kneel. You can lay down. Um, there's a lot of ways you can use them. And I think the biggest thing is as long as you're having fun. Um, we've had kids of veterans and then that were ranging from four years old. And I think the oldest veteran we've had out on the water with us was 94. Okay. If he can do it, I guess I can do it. Um, <laughs> I also see that you have other, you have some other activities that, that go on out there. You have uh, bike rides around the, around Southwest Michigan. Uh, we do. Yep. So every other Monday or every other Tuesday for the bike rides. And then every other Monday we do paddles. Okay. So if, if uh, somebody wanted to know more information about For the 22, how would they do that? Where would they find that? Um, so you can either find it on Facebook. If you just look up For the 22, it's the number four and then T-H-E and the number 22. Um, or our website is forthe22.life. It sounds like a great organization. And it's, it seems like you have a whole bunch of veterans that are involved as far as your, your, your board is concerned, right? We do, yep. This is mostly... We have um, four veterans on the board of directors right now. I'm yep. sorry, I missed that. Uh, we have four veterans on the board of directors right now. And this is mostly for the younger generation of veterans. I'm, I, I know we can you know, we can do the paddleboarding and everything else out there, but I, I, I like the idea that this organization is kind of set up for the younger generation of veterans. Yeah, I tell you, it's really been an honor. Um we really focus on building the community because I think that's one of the main things veterans lack when they get out. Um, at least that's one of the main things I've heard. Um, and I think that's one of the main things they really struggle to find. And I think that's why the suicide rates are so high. Um, if you look back to like World War II time frame, like you had a lot of guys coming out and the percentage of the population that served was very high. And now they get out and there's maybe 1% of the population have served. So I think they struggle to find that community to the people around them that care. So I think that's really where 422 comes in, and that's the impact that we've seen. Well, I I agree with you, Josh. I, I think it's a great idea, and I, you know, I I found out about your organization through a, 
a feed that I get from the VA that you had, you know, that's something that occurred was between you and the VA out in Battle Creek, Michigan. And gotcha. that, uh, I just think it's a great idea. And I th- your, your generation is coming up with so many great ideas for uh, veterans to maintain some of that, as you said, the contact, that camaraderie that's so important to being inside of a military unit. And, you know, when you do get out, it's, 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 it's just not there anymore. Um, I mean, Very even true. with today's, you know, the world of social media, it's, it's the idea of getting together with other veterans so that you can just talk to each other and, and, you know, empathize with each other. And maybe, you know, somebody has an idea that can direct another veteran to a place where they can get the help that they need. For sure. Just having that community is huge. And I think, getting out of the house has been a really a big struggle for a lot of veterans lately um, with COVID and everything. I think it's very easy to fall into, oh, I like being at home. I like working from home and I don't really like going to town. And I think just having different events that bring them out of their house has been huge. Um, so, I mean, getting out of that COVID mindset, I think has really been a struggle for a lot of veterans. I think it is true. I, I, I think the COVID thing and everything has a big part to play in all of this. So I encourage all of you out there. I said, check these guys out. I think this is, this just looks like fun. Um, and it's a great way to, you know, get together with each, each other. And it's a great way to, you know, find new friends. So go to 40, go to for the 22 dot life, uh, for their website. And you obviously you'll be able to find them on, um, on Facebook, right, Josh? That's correct. All right, Josh. Thank you very much for being on Veterans Radio. I, uh, you know, let us know what's going on and we'll, we'd love to have you back on again. Hey, we greatly appreciate it, Dale. Um, appreciate all you're doing for the veteran community and thank you for having us on. Thank you very much. All right. Have a nice day. You too. All right. We're uh, getting ready to turn the corner, as they say here on Veterans Radio. And we've had a couple of technical issues with uh, emails not being able to get through for some reason. So as I'm Sending phone numbers and things to uh, to uh, Derek. Hopefully, he can uh, help me out here. So we're going to uh, take a break here right now for our Medal of Honor segment. And when we come back, we've got another organization that is kind of cool. And for the, for the Vietnam veterans out there, I want you to I want you to hear the name of this organization. It actually he's on the phone. Oh no, it looks like he's coming into our uh, Zoom room. Hold on, just a minute here. All right. So anyway, we're going to take this break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with a gentleman's name is John Laval. And uh, we will uh, see if it's on the phone or if it's in Zoom. You're listening to Veterans Radio. We'll be right back. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Private First Class William Thomas lost both his legs to an explosive charge thrown by Japanese soldiers in the Battle of the Philippines, but refused medical treatment. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Thomas was a member of the leading squad of Company B, which was attacking along a narrow wooded ridge. The enemy, strongly entrenched in camouflaged emplacements on the hill, 
directed heavy fire and hurled explosive charges on the attacking riflemen. Thomas, an automatic rifleman, was struck by one of those charges which blew off both his legs below the knees. He refused medical aid and evacuation and continued to fire at the enemy until his weapon was put out of action by an enemy bullet. Still refusing aid, he threw his last two grenades. He destroyed three of the enemy after suffering the wounds from which he died later that day. The effective fire of Thomas prevented the repulse of his platoon and assured the capture of the hostile position. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative, maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're back here on Veterans Radio, and uh, this portion of Veterans Radio is brought to you by Legal Help for Veterans, and Legal Help for Veterans specializes in veterans' disability claims. So uh, I encourage you to give them a call at Legal Help. The number is 800-693-4800, or you can find more information all about them at LegalHelpForVeterans.com. As uh, I was mentioning before we took went to break it here at the bottom of the hour, the, the next organization that I've got coming on has an unusual acronym. Um, <laughs> for those of us that were in Vietnam, the, um, I don't know, the controlling agency, I, don't, I guess, I've forgotten all my military jargon here, anyway, was MACV, Military Assistance, uh, military Assistance Command Vietnam. This organization that we're going to be talking about in just a second is the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, better known as MACV. And so joining me on on our line right now is the COO of MACV, and that is uh, John Lavald. John, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you having me on for having me on today, Dale. Well, thanks for for agreeing to be on the program. I just I, I as I explained at the beginning of the program, I was when I came up with the idea to do a program on veterans helping veterans, I wanted to kind of look around at the different um, affiliates that we have and see if I could grab an organization that is nearby. So we've talked to the ones out in California and we have a station KFOW in, in Minnesota. So that's where I found you folks. And I, this sounds like a, a great organization. Um, can you tell me about MACV? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, and, and absolutely, there are many times when I am presenting uh, about our organization, and I'll see some Vietnam veterans in, in the audience and just openly admit that we, we lifted that acronym from the Military Advisory Command Vietnam. You know, it was because it was founded by some veterans who served in Vietnam. And the organization is a nonprofit that's been around for over 30 years. Um, as I mentioned, founded by some, some Vietnam veterans. They, they saw a need. They, they met a veteran in, in a VFW who was homeless. And essentially, it all began from them saying, you know, we can do something about this. They, they raised money um, and, uh, and bought a house. And then they just started renting it out to veterans. 
that's the beginning. And where we're at today, though, organization located in all the what I what I'll refer to as major metropolitan areas in Minnesota. I mean, it, we're we're fairly rural states, so you know, besides the twins, we're in all the other bigger areas within uh, trying to to serve the entire experiencing homelessness or are at risk of becoming homeless and trying to stabilize their housing situation. So, so my understanding is that you con- you concentrate mostly on, on homeless veterans. Well, you know, I guess that that's a great question. You know, the, our, our biggest effort is, is on ending homelessness. Our mission statement is ending veteran homelessness in Minnesota. Um, but, but that also means keeping people housed who are currently housed and, and trying to get, get involved before somebody becomes homeless. You know, in the state of Minnesota, we have a registry that is uh, of names of veterans who have been brave enough to raise their hand and say they need assistance. And there's 280 names on that list. That, that is definitely our main effort, you know, using military terms, our main effort is finding housing and creating a housing uh, option for those individuals. But we don't want that list to get any bigger. So we're also working with individuals who uh, might be at risk of eviction or might be going about to lose their home, recently lost a job. They need to get connected back to, uh, to another funding source, you know, another income. So we'll work with them in a number of different ways to, to create housing stability. I, I, I'm looking at your website right now, which is, uh, the website is mac-v.org, mac-v.org. And, you know, you, as you mentioned, you help out with housing and you help out with employment and you're also involved with the vet law system. That is correct. Yeah, many, you know, Many individuals who are finding themselves at risk of homelessness or homeless, uh, there are any number of just uh, small level in, in interactions that they might have with the court system that are preventing them from being able to get a job, uh, get their driver's license to be able to rent to rent from another landlord. And we're there to try to assist with that. You can imagine if you find yourself homeless and you're riding the metro, and now now you've gotten a ticket for riding the metro to stay warm. And where are they going to send that ticket? If you don't pay the ticket, then next thing you know, there's a summons. And you know, becoming homeless just creates this stack of things that start working against you. That that we all understand these are the rules, but but to to continue to look at an individual who is in this situation and say that's going to fix their their behavior. That's not, you know, we're talking about survival. You know, people are riding on the metro or getting on a bus in the dead of winter in Minnesota. They're just trying to survive. Yeah, I can imagine. Just stay warm. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's not even about getting somewhere and, and beating the man, you know, if you might, you know, to just get a free ride on the train. That's not really why they're there. Well, the thing I found interesting about your organization is number one, I mean, obviously because it's been around for quite a while, is that you have branches out across Minnesota, don't you? 
We do. Yep. Uh, as I mentioned, we're in the Twin Cities. But we're also in the cities of Duluth, Rochester, where the Mayo Clinic is, uh, St. Cloud, uh, Moorhead, which is right on the border of North and South Dakota, and uh, Mankato as well. So, you know, like as I mentioned before, anywhere where there's a, a considerable population density in Minnesota, we have an office there. And, and, you know, we try to empower our employees to be able to move around the state uh, to assist veterans anywhere within the state. Well, I, I, I think it sounds like a great organization. So you can, you also help with uh, the veterans with their filing of their claims with the VA? We, we will assist in, in something like that, you know, and that's where, an area where I would say it's all about partnerships. As it, you know, we're, we are one organization. We're very proud of the things that we do, but we are fully aware that we get much more accomplished when we are working peripherally with all the other agencies. So where, where somebody else is doing the work that is going to help a veteran, we don't try to necessarily replicate that, but we will help them get ready to engage with that agency, help them get their paperwork together to do their claims. Uh, and anything that is going to connect them to another, you know, weave in the fabric uh, to, to assist them. Well, I would think an organization that this is a fairly good sized organization from what I've been able to determine uh, that you probably have the uh, contacts. Let's put it that way, as you were just mentioning, the contacts for anything that would help the veterans. We, you know, definitely we consider ourselves and, and try to be subject matter experts in who do you go to next? You know, the, the whole no wrong door type of a, a philosophy of somebody might present themselves to us and we might not be the, the agency, but we know where to take them to next. And, you know, we're lucky within our state that people are also very well aware of us and they will not try to solve a problem that they know a MACD could assist a veteran with. And, and really that's, it's all about relationships. It's all about trust. It's knowing that if you pick up the phone and you, and you give our organization a call, you know, what is it we expect that, that, you know, we can do for you and these other agencies knowing that, that we can do that. And, and, and again, not, not trying to duplicate what they do and bringing clients to them when, when they are the better solution. It's, it's um, I guess is the, the the process is that when they call you, I guess the first thing they need to do is to have their DD two fourteen. Is correct? Well, the DD two fourteen is you know that is the uh, the record you know the source Magic. of record for for everybody. Correct. Now, now that said, there are ways for uh, agencies to be able to look up uh, somebody's service, it, it, just the minimal stuff through their birth date of birth, social security, um, and, and their name. Um, okay. and that, and that, and that can be, you know, easier for some and a little bit harder for others. If, if you are a, a woman who served in the military and your name changed, that can be a barrier to yeah. getting your paperwork. Um, but, but there are some other technological, you know, pieces out there that we can do that without a DD-214, but we will always try to use the DD-214 as the, as the record. I was, I was just thinking it's kind of a silly thing for me to think of when you, if somebody is homeless, they may not have any of their paperwork with them. Right. And, right. Well, that's you know, really the thing too. It's like, who's carrying around their DD-214? I was going to say, I mean, mine is probably within reach, but it's not something that I keep in my pocket. 
Um, so if we wanted to get a hold of you, how do we do that, uh, John? We're talking here. I should mention this. We're, we are talking with John Lavald here of the um, MACB, uh, Minnesota's. I got it down. I got to write down the whole name here. That's my problem. I don't write everything all the way down. <laughs> Military. What is it? Minnesota Assistance. What? Council. Yes. Council there for Veterans. Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, better known and, as MACV. Yeah, and you mentioned it right off at the lead, Dale, too. It's uh, www.mac-v as in Victor, dot org. Um, you get to our website. Um, it, you know, depending on who you are and why you're wanting to, to know more about us, there's kind of a track that says if you want to donate or volunteer or something like that, I'll take you one direction. And if you're looking for assistance, it'll take you another direction. And somebody can do a referral right off of the of the website. the The other way to get a hold of us is through our 800 number, which is eight three three two two two. M-A-C-V. Better known as 6228. 6228, correct. Thank you. You must have a phone in front of you. I, I appreciate that. No, I finally, I, I'm, I'm looking at the website. To okay. Keep, yes. I have to keep remembering to look, you know, to, to uh, talk about the, the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans instead of the Military Assistance Command. Um, it's just stuck in my brain, um, which is not good. But I, 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 I appreciate your time, uh, John. This is, uh, I think it's a really important and it sounds like a very important organization for the people of Minnesota to, you know, get the help that they need. And, uh, you know, veterans all over the country, I'm finding more and more organizations that are out there similar to yours, similar to the one in California that we talked with earlier that are just there to help. So, if, you know, if you're a veteran out there and you're having issues or having problems, just reach out. There's probably a county office that could direct you to where you need to go to get some help. There are many organizations out there that are designed to help you with homelessness now. And uh, you, we just want to make sure that, that you're taken care of. We all realize that our veterans have, many of them have paid a price and obviously some pay the ultimate price. But, you know, I think that the, the, the country has come to the realization that, you know, you have to help these veterans. You're asking them to take care of you. When they come home, they may need a little help. And, it looks like there are so many people out there that are volunteering. It's such a such a great system that, that is going on there in the world. And, John, I want to thank you very much for being on Veterans Radio and uh, telling us all about the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans. Well, thank you, Dale. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor to be on the show with you. And I, and I do say it over and over again. There are so many resources avail- available for veterans that they, a veteran should never go without and fill in the blank because there is an organization that is doing it or wants to help in some way. But you, like, as you said, you do just have to you know, ask for some, for help. And, and I know that can be hard as a veteran myself, but it, you know, if you can, if you can summon up that courage and ask for help, there, there is something out there to assist in any gap that might exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much, John, for being on the program. Uh, John Lavald with the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, better known as MACV. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All righty. All right. We're going to take a real quick break here for a little PSA from the, from the VA. 
which reminds me that the last portion of Veterans Radio today is being brought to you by the Charles S. Kettle VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor. For more information, you can go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. We'll be right back after this brief message. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make veterans know just how much we appreciate their service. Please visit www.volunteer.va.gov. What will you do? You know you don't have to wear your PT gear anymore, right? It's comfortable. So how's civilian life treating you? It's fine. When I got out, I didn't want to admit that there was anything wrong because it felt like a failure. And then I realized, like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I started talking to someone. Maybe you are fine. But if you're not, it's okay. Thank you. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. At the end of your workday, do you know you've made a difference? The Veterans Affairs medical staff do. The doctors, nurses, counselors, and health technicians get to care for perhaps the most deserving of all Americans, the men and women who've served in our nation's armed forces. Visit vacareers.va.gov to find out how you can make a difference too. We are back here on Veterans Radio with our last segment of the program. And this is a local organization that uh, actually I discovered because I received an email from a former student. Hard to believe, right? Uh, many of you who don't know, I teach at a local community college um, public speaking for the last know, 20 years now. Anyhow, so I got this email from a, a former student, Marine, and his name is Justin uh, Curry. And Justin was talking to me about an organization in the local Ann Arbor area called Help for the Homefront. Justin, welcome to Veterans Radio. Hey, hey, thanks, Dale. It's good to talk to you. I can't wait to see you again because I can put a name with a face. Yeah, it's been some years. It has been. It has been. So tell me, how did you get involved with this this Help for the Homefront? Well, first, thanks for having me, Dale. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be on the show um, the way I got involved is I was given an opportunity as vice chairman of the Remodelers Council here in Ann Arbor to start some type of initiative. You know, we had an opportunity to kind of direct a focus of the council. And me being a veteran myself, it just made sense for me. Let's help veterans in the area. And I got on the phone and tried to find some veterans in need, found that there was indeed a uh, need for home improvement in the area for these veterans. You know, some of them are left behind. So, that's how we got the uh, Operation Help for the Home Front off the ground. It's a, uh, it's a brand new initiative we're just putting together. Like I said, it's to help veterans with much needed home improvements and repairs in the Ann Arbor area. Um, Corey Contracting Company, which is owned and operated by myself. My name's Justin Corey with, uh, I was 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, OIF 3, 2005. Um, and my brother, Nathan Corey, who's a graduate of the Student Home Building Program here in Ann Arbor Schools. Uh, we teamed up with the Builders and Remodelers Association of Greater Ann Arbor, or BRAG, as they're more commonly known in the area, as well as the Remodelers Council that I previously mentioned, um, that BRAG facilitates in order to implement a new program to help these local veterans, nation's heroes, with some projects free of charge, like accessible bathrooms, 
uh, home repairs, handicap ramps, neither even other non-essential amenities like decks or sunrooms. Yeah, I was reading the information that you had sent me about this organization, and um, it, a lot of times the they will ask for the you know the local veteran service organizations, the American Legion, VFW, and something, and they'll have a a building uh, day where they'll go out and build a ramp or something like that. But you're getting inside the house and doing some really important uh, remodeling for these uh, men and women, such as, you know, making a disabled uh, accessible bathroom and, and upgrading a kitchen and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we at this point, we've all heard that remodeling and home improvement is in extremely high demand at the moment. It seems like everybody in the world wants a new bathroom, a new kitchen, or maybe even a home addition. Part of the issue is that there's currently a 5 million home deficit in this nation, and we haven't yet seen the light of the end of that tunnel. This has people in a position where they oftentimes are required to improve their existing living space to be more ideal, as opposed to going out and buying something new, you know, as their families are growing, things alike. That being said, the demand in the building remodeling industry is through the roof. Combined with supply chain issues, rising fuel prices, labor shortages, this has really increased the cost to consumer to have this type of work completed in their homes, increased it to a point where somebody on a fixed income like a disabled veteran, for example, may not be able to reasonably afford it, even for much needed repairs, you know, like something, handicap ramp, accessible bathrooms, things like that. You have, uh, you got my attention when you were talking about, um, I've got his name here, Peter Wazalewski. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close. Um he had certain, he was, is he, he was a, a Marine. You're always a Marine. I know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the second reconnaissance battalion, second Marine division out of Camp Lejeune. Oh, he's got double, double whammy here to Camp Lejeune and to, uh, Agent Orange. But mm-hmm. you, uh, ended up, uh, rebuilding his bathroom for him and you, you know, and you got the funding from, from Bragg, the, the Builders Association, correct? Yeah, we've uh, we've actually compiled close to two dozen companies from local builders and remodelers to trade companies like plumbers and electricians, uh, even local vendors to contribute in returning something to the community through its veteran population. The premise here being that these men and women once signed a blank check to this country that could have included their life, and we believe they deserve a little return on that investment. And that's our goal. So we're currently working on a remodeling project, like you said, this man named Peter. Um, it should actually be finished this week. He's a Vietnam Marine veteran, uh, 2nd Marine Division. He fought in 1969, and he's lost some extremities due to complications from Agent Orange exposure, potentially, you know, some of the Lejeune things as well. Due to these amputations, though, he's now wheelchair-bound and hasn't had access to a bathroom facility in his home for many years. And to top it off, he lives in a mobile home, so the options for repairs funded by things like VA grants are essentially non-existent for him. Um, he kind of fell through the cracks and was suffering due to it, and that's inexcusable in my opinion. So we're we're looking to help these folks. Um, that's kind well, of you our goal. The, you got the bathroom in, and I understand that you're you're in, now in the process of trying to raise funds to upgrade his kitchen. Yep, we're trying to raise some funds to upgrade the kitchen. He actually had a contractor through years ago um, who did part of the work and then just kind of skipped out on the rest of the jobs, so they could definitely use a kitchen renovation there. Um, and you know, they're not the only ones since I've started this, but there's been other veterans that have come out of the woodworks that are in need. And we've all got the, uh, you know, the manpower, we've got the tools, we've got the skill. We just need to direct it toward these people that need it most. So if, 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 if somebody wanted to help this out, how would they, how would they go about if they wanted to donate some money? 
So, you know, obviously all of these improvements don't come free. We do have a ton of, uh, you know, like I said, companies that are working with us, including the Bragg Foundation, which does many great things in the community, like scholarships and other community service projects. They put up a general, generous donation to our cause here, and that got the ball rolling, but we're looking to do more. So donations from, you know, people in the veteran community, you know, the Marine Corps community, we're a band of brothers, local community, it could all really help us make a difference. Uh, we have a website, CoreyContracting.com, and that's Corey with two R's, C-O-R-R-Y, Contracting.com slash Help for the Home Front, where we have uh, the GoFundMe link, we have, you know, all the contact information, you Contact one of us directly if you'd rather do something more personal. Uh, anything you'd like to donate to the project, we'd be happy to entertain. Um, anything helps. Well, I'm encouraging our community out there to help out these men and women that need these, this help. And I think it, you know, with so much talent as you as you pointed out, all these con- contractors and and organizations that are you know willing to help out, you know, and get get some of these materials at cost. Um, and you know, we all hear in the news all about you know, supply side issues and inflation and value, you know, the cost of trying to uh, remodel. I looked into that myself, you know, it's just gone through the roof. Um, this is a way you that you can help out your local community. I mean, it's, these are local veterans who need some help. And um, I, th- I think the idea of Justin and the, and the rest of the, the Builders Association here in Ann Arbor is trying to do whatever they can to help these people. So one more time, give them where they can, they can make a donation, please. That's CoreyContracting.com. Corey with two R's, C-O-R-R-Y, Contracting.com, slash help for the home front. All right. Go there. Make a, you know, make a donation. Help these guys, these men and women out, because um, I've seen where some of these people are living, and they need some help. And uh, maybe we can do something all together. Justin, uh, thank you very much for being on the program. I hope we can generate some income for your your fund to uh, remodel a whole bunch of houses and trailers and everything else that needs help. Dale, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll be talking to you. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help out. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Yep. All right. So here we are at the end of another Veterans Radio program. Um, we've talked to organizations across the country of veterans helping veterans. And I'm asking you right now, if you know of an organization that you would like to help promote, let us know about it here at Veterans Radio so that we can contact them and get them some uh, airtime and spread the word about what they're doing to help veterans. There are, there are so many different small organizations that are out there that are in need of funding need to get the word out. They're doing wonderful, wonderful things. We, you know, we, we talked about homelessness in California and Minnesota. We've got one here in uh, Veterans Matter down in Toledo that are helping homeless veterans across the board. So if you have an, an organization that you would like to support and that you would like to help get the word out, let us know. Just send me an email. That's dale at veteransradio.net and we will Get them on the air and see if we can, you know, generate a little bit of funding for them. Uh, speaking of funding, I want to thank our, the two local organizations here, two veterans organizations that have helped Veterans Radio over the years. Um, that is the uh, Irwood Press Corps and the American Legion Post 46 here in Ann Arbor and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310. They are both here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we really appreciate the work that they do. And again, these veteran service organizations are out there to help you, the veteran. If you're not involved 
with an organization, reach out. They're there to help you. When I see veterans on the on the street corners, I, you know, you want to just stop the car and throw them in the car and take them to one of these places and get them the benefits that they are entitled to. I don't think that they're aware of it, of what is out there for all these veterans and their families, even today. So uh, we'll be back here next week. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Veterans Radio. Until then, this is Dale Throneberry. You are dismissed. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.